Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tullamore. Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. Worshaw.ie. Good evening and welcome to Country Life here on Midlands 103. It's MJ Cleary with you, bringing you the latest from the Midlands and further afield from the worlds of agriculture, food and agribusiness. We're here for the next hour and thank you all for joining me this evening, the 12th of January. Oh, actually, hold on. It's the 12th of April. But reading that temperature uh, earlier on on the weather where we said seven degrees, you would think we're in the depths of winter. However, hopefully it is short lived. What a day we had today. Look out the window today. It was raining. It was cold. It was just a horrible day. But as I said, hopefully it's short lived. Temperatures are promised to be well into the teens on Sunday. Believe it or not, it's given that it's going to be 17 degrees on Sunday. So look, we'll believe it when we see it. But fingers crossed and into next week also, because we could definitely do with some respite and a break from this weather over the last few days. Now on to this evening's programme and the High Court has refused to refer the decision to grant planning permission for an over 200 acre solar farm in County Offaly to the European Court. So this farm is to be located near Port Arlington. A local residence brought the court case Uh, They wanted to stop this large solar development taking place, but it looks as if it's going to be going ahead. And with more on this, the Irish Farmers Journal, Stephen Robb, will join me a little bit later. Stephen will also give an update on the farmer interest in the new TAMS solar funding, which sees a 60% grant available for solar panels on farm buildings. We'll also address that area of what if you go over the amount of grant aid and you sell back to the grid are you allowed to do that under TAMS that question will be answered a little bit later the Suckler Cow Efficiency Programme SCEP is currently available for farmers to sign up to but there are plenty of questions to be answered on the rules of the scheme it's quite complicated there is a lot in it and there's a farm walk on the farm of John Keena tomorrow in Belmont in County Offaly John as you know is a former Offley IFA chairman and he farms 80 suckler cows just outside for ban so it's a suitable location for you both in Offley and County Westmead and I'll speak to John a little bit later about that walk. Leishman Owen Lowry is the head of agriculture at Bank of Ireland and he will join me a little later to speak about their agri-asset package for farmers and how they uh, have competitive rates of interest on offer and who exactly is borrowing and for what. So with the new suite of TAMS investments now available, this may be something you're interested in if you wish to obtain finance for your business. As always, text the show with your comments, thoughts or questions to 083 30 10 103. Be happy to bring to our guests this evening. Uh, Red Clover, Red Clover, Red Clover something that we cannot avoid in farming at the moment. And in a few minutes, Leishman Pierce Hart will join me to speak about a walk on his farm tomorrow where he will speak about animal housing, his beef and sheep enterprise and indeed red clover silage and how he keeps his P and K's right, uh, cutting two and three cuts per annum from the silage fields. But first things first, we have dairy farmers and they're not happy with milk prices at the moment. Stephen Arthur from the IFA joins me to chat on this. Stephen, many thanks for taking my call this evening. Thanks, MJ. Thanks, MJ. No problem. Uh, you're welcome, Stephen. I just see the Farmer's Journal tomorrow. One of their main stories is milk price outlook. What's in store for the rest of 2023? So, look, you're looking at reductions over the past few months, uh, Stephen. And uh, as you say, dairy farmers not happy. What's the broader picture here, uh, Stephen? Why are milk prices falling the way they are? It's, it's amazing, MJ, what three months makes in, in the whole industry, when you think about it, like in December, we've got uh, 14, 13, 14 cents of a drop since December 
with possible more drops coming. Where does this all start? Well, basically markets, the back end is fell out of the market when you think about it. Like when you look at butter last September, you could buy a ton of butter was making on the market 7,500 euros. A ton of butter today on the market is making 4,790 euros approximately. So I think that answers the question fairly smartly, like, you know. And where's um, the man, man gone for something like butter over the course of a few months, uh, Stephen? Why? Well, you see, what's, hap- what's happening out in Europe where the big markets for our butters is, 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 is the fact that you have to remember, we send out through the, the Kerrygold brand, there's nearly 35,000, 40,000 tonne of butter goes out of the country every year. And that's not counting other butters, other Irish butter that goes out under different labels. And what's happening is when you go into Europe, there's a demand and inflation is biting big time over there. Like you take heating, cost of heating, oil and and all the other inflationary costs. Food is getting pushed down, pushed back down the, 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 the menu on, on, on the list of people who are buying. And supermarkets are putting pressure on the price to keep dropping and keep dropping. And that's what's happening. Like it's taking a hit on the on the shelves around Europe, like, you know. I saw figures this week, Stephen, where it said that direct costs for a litre of milk are in around 25 cent a litre. Overhead costs could be up as far as 14 cent a litre. Now, I know this depends farm on farm and debt levels and whatnot, but this is a broad one. So you're talking about a cost of production at farm level of in around 39 cent a litre, 39, 40 cent a litre. Would you agree with that, Stephen? Would you, would you be thinking that's roughly where yeah. it is at the moment? I I would, and I, I like, and I nearly throw another cent or two into that for land rentals as well. Like, you know, there's some serious land rental costs out there as well that people are putting into their business. Like, in, and like I'm sitting here looking out through the window now, and the rain, the wind, and with snow, sleets, and and all kinds of muck falling on this morning, cows are in today. This is the story all over the country. And silage is getting scarce meal, sure, to buy a ton of dairy meal there. Dairy meal came in this morning there. You're talking 390 a ton for Aheen, high energy Aheen ration coming in there this morning. Um, you know, the cost is just escalating. They're not going anywhere. The milk price is going down. And we're getting to a stage, if there's any more cuts going to come, and we're fighting these cuts, we're onto the dairies, that we cannot take this, MJ, because... If there's any more cuts, we're down into producing milk less than what we're actually getting paid for it like. And that's, that's the stark reality where we are now. Yeah, a quote from Colin Kelly. He is CEO of Lakelands on tomorrow's journal. And it states that I think the mid to high 30 centilitre uh, at the moment is where we're at. We align with that. I'm meeting regional committees this week uh, with my own view is that milk price cuts are so severe. We'll have to see a supply correction this year. So he's, uh, he's of the view that that mid to high 30s is kind of where it's at. And as we say, that's probably in around cost below cost. So um, and we, ha- we haven't we haven't hit peak. Haven't hit peak yet either, uh, Stephen, which no, is the other one. No. Well, it's disappointing now that here, like, it's disappointing that Collins out talking the price down like that. You know, it, 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 this seems to be a new format, like, this is now two, three months up the road. And the market, you know, I don't see the market falling. It's, we've looked at the prices. They're, they're steadied where they are, right? How they're steady. And the PPI today came out there today, like, it's 136.8, right? It's down 13 points. But that's delivering 41.1 cent before value-added payment is added in and after COPE costs is took out, like. So, you know, I'm a bit disappointed that talking the price down, uh, one for, you know, 40, 41 cents, 
you know, I, I still reckon that's where we should be, like, nothing yeah. more, nothing less, like. Yeah, well, that's the message from uh, from yourself, uh, Stephen, and from the IFA uh, Dairy Board. We will uh, leave you go. And look, I'll be talking to you again in the coming weeks and months on this. And many thanks for joining me this evening, Stephen. Uh, Stephen Arthur there from the IFA. I'm going to move on now. We have a farm walk tomorrow in County Leash and it's on the area of organics. And one area which we are all speaking about at the moment is a featured last week, probably featured the week before as well. It's very hard to avoid at the moment. It's that area of red clover silage. We're hearing a lot about it. But we have a man on the line now who knows a lot about it. He's been growing it for the last 10 years on his farm. Uh, Pierce Hart from Rath Downey in County Leash. Pierce, many thanks for taking my call this evening. How are you doing? No bother. Uh, we're doing very good, uh, Pearson. You have a farm walk tomorrow. It's at 11am and it's on your farm. You're going to be talking uh, about a few different areas. But can you just for a, a few a few moments, Pierce, give us a bit of a background on your enterprise. What is it exactly that you do there in County Leash, please? Yep. I farm with my father and my uncle, Billy and Lottie. And we have half our farm is in Rathdowney and half in Goldmine, Kilkenny. But the farm walk tomorrow is in Rathdowney and we, we for the last ten years we were suckler to beef, and we're winding, and we had two hundred yards, and we finished them as well, and all went organically. The sheep go to Irish Country Meats, and the beef goes to Good Herdsman, down in Care, in Tipperary, and now we're going to go all beef. So last year was our last year with the sucklers. And, uh, Pierce, we're talking about organics, big push in organics now, a couple of thousand farmers after going into it this year alone. Your farmer organically for about 10 years. How are you finding yeah. it in general? How are you finding the organics? Just on a, on a very broad brush stroke, what do you think of it? Um, we converted in 2011 and spent two years in conversion and then started trading in 2013. And, um, yeah, we love it. Um, um you wouldn't you wouldn't uh, go back you wouldn't go back conventional you're happy with the, well, with the I, I, I never really farmed conventionally I don't, when mm. i when my father retired kind of took the early retirement then i started organic farming yeah very so, good one area you're going to look at tomorrow appears that's the area of red clover silage there's a big push on it at the moment how do you find it you, you've so you've saw that you're using it for a number of years now how do you find it as as a crop and usability wise um yep um we sold it first in 2011 and we've always used it biggest problem we have is getting enough bales we need a minimum of 800 bales and without red clover we couldn't get to that number um we get two we get three cuts you could get four but we we take three cuts and then we let the lambs out at the end to finish them off and so yep and how do you find, Pierce, just when I, when I hear that, three cuts of silage off it, look, you're farming organically, you can't spread chemical fertilisers, peas and k's, uh, to try and keep the P and K level up on that silage ground, how are you finding that, and is it is it doable? Yes, we we put out our slurry, and one of our neighbours, we get import slurry from him. He, he, he I get around 100 load of slurry from him a year, and then I have my own. And then we buy in maybe 300 bales of straw. And most of that will go out in the silage fields. And then we also get dairy sludge from Avonmore. 
and with it all with all of those inputs a lot of them going in on your silage ground do you find you're a little bit short then on fertilizer for your your grazing ground that your silage block takes priority or can you share it out share it out priority goes to silage ground but we do share it out and if if something didn't get it this year we we'd make sure it gets it next year um we we do a rotation with our with our land and the sheep and cattle graze together and it seems to work well it, it seems to bounce back well we eat it down well and maybe a 22 23 day rotation um it's not going great at the moment but yeah, well, I think we're we're all we're all in trouble at the moment. Yeah, we're all in trouble at the moment, Pierce. But fingers crossed with that yeah. weather changing. But that's what you're going to be talking about tomorrow, Pierce. Going to be talking about your enterprise, your egg clover silage. You're going to be talking about animal housing. The farm walk starts at eleven on your farm, and if people Google yeah. just your name, if they Google uh, Pierce Hart uh, Farm Walk, you'll pop up, and the air code and whatnot is there. I'm I'm sure yeah. you're going to have a big turnout because this red clover is a very hot topic at the moment. So we'll say many thanks for joining me this evening on the program, Pierce, and wish you a good turnout for tomorrow. Thank you. See you. Uh, Pierce Hart there, organic farmer in Rathdowney in County Leash. And as I said, if you just pop Pierce Hart, P-I-E-R-C-E, H-A-R-T-E into Google, uh, it will pop up uh, Organic Walk beside it. And it's on at 11 tomorrow. And it's going to, as I said, speak about red clover silage, animal housing, uh, the beef and the sheep enterprise. And that's a man who's been farming organically for 10 years. So a lot of knowledge there. And if you're interested in that area, that's one not to miss. Now, coming up after the break, going to be speaking to another leash man, Owen Lowry from Bank of Ireland. He's going to be talking about some of their agri products that they have on the go at the moment. Also, that area of interest rates, where are we going with it? And just who is borrowing at the moment? So stay tuned for that in just a moment. Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tillamore. Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. Worshaw.ie. And you're very welcome back to Country Life here on Midlands 103. Now we're moving on to finance and I've leashman Owen Lowry on the line from Bank of Ireland, Head of Agri. Uh, Owen, many thanks for taking my call this evening. Uh, good evening, MJ. Uh, Owen, we had the credit unions on back a couple of weeks ago. It was National Cultivate Week and we're talking about the small loans, small to medium-sized loans for farmers throughout the Midlands and beyond. It's a very successful package over the years so we must give the, the larger banks a crack at it as well in relation to what they loan to uh, banks. There's a bit of a consensus out there, Owen, that if you're looking for small amount of money, maybe, look, it's not small if you borrow it, but maybe at twenty to 30 to 40,000 that the larger banks aren't really interested and that you have to go elsewhere for it. Is that a fair assessment owner? would you say no to that? No MJ, that's, it's, it's actually the complete contrary. I suppose if we look at our agri um, lending in the, in the market, we were banking about 82,000 farmers um, with the majority of those loans that they're borrowing uh, in or around the 30,000 that's the average loan size. So this, the smaller loan sizes are our bread and butter, maybe the ones that get the headlines or the, the big deals or the big land deals but the majority of farmers are borrowing for working capital, you know, 12 months, maybe 18 months for working capital to run their farms. And that is a very important business to us. And your package, on which you have for farmers, for those loans, those working capital, those uh, smaller building projects and whatnot, what do, what do you call that product? So we have, at the moment, we have an agri-assist um, product out there. Um, I suppose it was in response to the... Uh, the, the rising and escalating prices for fertilizer and feed last year uh, we launched it uh, last may um, so it's it's been there for the last nearly almost 12 months um, really successful product i suppose 
what has it was really to um, respond to those rising um, working capital needs that farms had. So that meant that they needed to borrow more money to to get through those high price periods. Um, very competitive. Uh, it's it's in or in or around 4.89 percent there today, a variable rate, um, and you can get extended terms on it as well, up to three years, and uh, and it's unsecured lending up to 120,000. So a very flexible pr- product, really good value in the market, um, and really suitable to the times that we live in. Uh, that uh, rate, 4.89, that's an ex- that's exceptional value. Uh, on if I went into Bank of Ireland tomorrow and I looked for a loan, I'd get 4.89 percent, would I? Yeah, so it's a variable rate. Just to just to say that. So, like you know, if, if rates change, um, and we 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 we'll probably come to talk about interest rates in a minute, um, you know, obviously that rate changes. But yeah, it's exceptional value. It, it's at a discounted rate, and it, we really launched it to provide farmers with that um, support through the period of of high prices. And has that changed in the last twelve months? On if I got that agri assist uh, six, eight, nine, twelve months ago, would it have increased over the course of that period of time, or has it stayed flat the same? No, but as it's a variable rate, it, it has increased. But when we launched the product, it was probably you know in or around one percent cheaper than that. So mm. while interest rates, uh, the ECB rates, and you'll see that in the headlines, have gone up by about three percent. Uh, over the last 12 months, we've increased our rates on this particular product by 1%. And that's a reflection, I suppose, of our funding model and how we price our loan. Yeah, I was going to scratch my head here, on and say, if you're in the business of making money, would you not align with inflation and make yourself more money on this? Like, How, how are we justifying this from a, a business model perspective? Yeah, so I suppose like we're, we're unique in that our the pricing model that we use um, is is drawn from a number of sources. So we borrow some money on the on the market, such as the ECB. Uh, they're reflective of that rate, which is currently at three percent. Um, but we also use deposits that we have uh, to fund um, the loans that we we're going to lend out. So it's a blend of all a, a number of of um, um, funding sources, and then we were able to offer the, these supports. Because remember, if you're in the larger you know, deal size, you know, for, for if you're buying land and whatever, um, maybe over 500,000, you know, again, loan sizes there haven't gone up with us to the same extent as ECB rates have gone up. So again, but we're looking at in or around that 1%. I suppose we're trying to offer that, that all-round value package to farmers, I suppose. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, well, look, we can't argue with that. You're giving us the figures there, plain and simple, over the course of the last 12 months. If we talk about the broader picture then of inflation, and obviously, look, everyone's aware of it, input costs rising, 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 uh, grocery costs rising, everything rising. Seen a little bit of uh, respite with fuel in the last couple of months, all right. But what's the bigger picture in relation to this, Owen, if we're looking at a European or a global perspective? Is it going to stay going, going, going? Are we expecting it to flatten out? Look, it's very hard to tell, MJ. Um, I suppose everything, everyone's watching the numbers on a month-to-month basis to see if this inflation is getting under control uh, across Europe, not just in Ireland. Um, and inevitably, it will have to happen across Europe. We are seeing, as you said, some slowdown in it, which does does give some comfort that interest rate rises will slow. It looks like they'll slow in, in the future. But, you know, we've heard um, even just in the last number of days where they're saying that there is likely to be a May increase as well. Um, it, it looks like, you know, the next six to 12 months, you know, we're, we're going to be seeing interest rates levels of where we've, where we've, we've seen them. I, I, and I don't see that turning over the next six, 12 months. But look, 
it all depends, I suppose, a lot of a lot of um, factors out there, including the war in Ukraine, um, and and how that evolves over over the coming few months as well. Just to the piece with Stephen Arthur there from the farmer uh, from the IFA, I should say, own uh, head of dairy, and he's talking about milk prices back a break even point of in around forty forty one. Obviously, you've a lot of borrowings out there with dairy farmers at the moment. Are you getting a bit conscious about these drop in milk prices? Look, I think we have to remember, you know, where we've come from. Um, in 2022, milk prices rose by about 18 cents. We've already seen that 12, 13 cents come off um, since the start of this year. So you're seeing milk price return to maybe 2021 levels, 2020 levels. When we're lending money to a farmer, we don't take a single year. We look at the long-term um, uh, milk price and, and margin of milk, and we also take, you know, the full cycle because there will be up years and down years uh, when, when, when farmers are, are milking cows. And we take that all into account to ensure that the farmer can afford the, the loans that they're taking out. Yeah, no, absolutely, on. And we're going to do a piece just after the break now on the area of solar and TAMS with uh, one of your former colleagues back in the day from the Farmer's Journal. Uh, are you seeing many people go- coming in looking for money now for TAMS grants in relation to, say, solar, for example? There's a big push on it. It's very, It looks very, very tempting at the moment with the uh, supports that are available. Yeah, we've, we've funded a number of solar inst- installations um, on buildings, including farms, um, we're seeing much more and more, and, and increasingly over, over um, even since the TAMS grants were announced. I expect that to continue to grow, uh, MJ. Um, you know, it does make sense um, from a cost point of view as well if you have a high electricity cost on your on your farm. So I, um, you know, so we have the supports available there. We have loans available for that t- that purpose. Um, so I, I I'd put it out to your listeners. You know, if anyone is interested in that, please come talk to us. What's the easiest way, on of getting someone to contact you in relation to AgriAssist? I know when we walk into branches now, it can be hard to get talking to people. Is it picking up the phone? Is it calling into your branch? What's the best way to do it? Yeah, I suppose there's a number of options. You know, um, obviously the first one is there if, if people want to call into a branch. Um, that, that option's there for them. If not, you can just go online um, onto the Bank of Ireland or Google um, AgriFarm Loan uh, Bank of Ireland and, um, or AgriAssist. Bank of Ireland, it'll come up and it'll link you to the website and you'll get some contact numbers and uh, contact details there that you can make contact. Very good. Owen, many thanks for joining me this evening and we'll chat to you again on the programme. Thanks, MJ. Uh, Owen Lowry there, Head of Agri from Bank of Ireland and the Agri Assist uh, Package. That interest rate does show that over the course of the last 12 months, only gone up by a percent, currently in at 4.89. That is good value. No point saying any different. If you shop around, you'll see lots of higher rates than that uh, everywhere and anywhere at the moment. So, uh, look, it's subject to change. It's variable, but at the moment, that's what it's at. Just one thing I want to bring your attention to before I go to a break, and I had meant to do a piece on this over the course of the last couple of weeks. We're just busy, busy, busy here in the programme. That is the National Liming Scheme. So if your land needs lime, there is a grant here available. It's a €16 a tonne grant available for lime. Now, there's a a few prerequisites to this. First uh, First thing on it, it closes tomorrow week, the 20th of April. Now, don't let that dissuade you, but you do need uh, soil sample results and you need to see if you need to apply lime. So lime's all in relation to your pH. So if you're under that uh, magic number of about 6.4, I think off the top of my head, you uh, probably need lime. When you get soil samples, it basically tells you how many ton of lime 
uh, to be applied to certain blocks. So if you need lime, uh, by all means, just pop an application in here to this, na to this national liming scheme. You can do it yourself through Ag Food or you can get your farm advisor to do it. It's very simple. It's just clicking a few buttons and then you have up until the back end of the year to actually go and spread this lime. But uh, any lime that was purchased previous to applying for the scheme, you won't get paid on. It doesn't sound like much, 16 euro a ton, but uh, you end up using quite a bit of this lime, so it will run into some money. So if you need to spend lime, uh, spread lime, I should say, by all means, just uh, pop on tag food, uh, click on it and just see how you go. It's more than likely going to be oversubscribed. There is 8 million available for it and there's going to be a lot of people spreading lime in relation to it. So just onto ag food and, and click it and it might make you some money if you're going to be spreading lime this year. You have until tomorrow week the 20th to do that uh, now coming up after the break we're going to be talking about solar in a in a grand scheme of things about a very large uh, and over 200 acre solar panel farm just outside port harlington in county offley which was the subject to a big dispute and then we're also going to be talking about solar on sheds and how farmers are applying for it so stay tuned for that i'll be back in just a moment country life on midlands 103 brought to you by w orshaw burlington business park tillamore supplier of new holland's tractors in the midlands worshaw.ie and you're very welcome back to Country Life here on Midlands 103. Now, we're moving on to the whole area of renewables and solar. I have the man in the know, and that is Stephen Robb from the Irish Farmers Journal. Stephen, many thanks for taking my call this evening. No problem, MJ. Uh, Stephen, we're going to start off with a big news story in County Offaly, and that is that the High Court rejects referral of Offaly Solar Farm to the European Court of Justice. So let's get a bit of background on this, Stephen. What was going on? Can you tell us? Yeah, so look, um, as you rightly said, a lot happening in the solar space, uh, particularly in the solar farm um, industry. And yeah, this is a, an example of one of those developments. So solar farm developer called uh, Elgin Energy Services uh, Limited, um, they launched an application for an 87 hectare uh, solar farm um, in Offaly back in March in 2021. Um, the solar farm itself was located fairly close to Port Arlington, but uh, look, it, it faced quite a few objections as as many of these developments do from locals um, and also from um, one uh, concerned uh, residence group um, a group set up specifically to, to, to fight this um, in particular um, but regardless uh, Offaly County Council um, granted the developer plan permission um, for the solar farm development um, but that was subsequently appealed uh, and it was appealed to Anbor Panola um, by, the, by the group and uh, Stephen, just in relation to the appeal on this, and look, I'm not overly, I've, ne I've never been close to one of these large solar developments, so uh, I'm speaking just, I suppose, what I'm thinking, but are they massively obtrusive? Like, there's, is there a noise? Like, there's no noise from them, is there? Are they quite low down, or can they be seen? Like, I can see why people are going to uh, give out about the uh, turbines, all right, because they're there, they're obtrusive, they're in your way, they're making a kind of a white noise and whatnot. Would you count solar to be in the same league as the turbines or not? No, no, I, I, I certainly wouldn't. Um, look, there's no, if, if you're beside a transformer, maybe there might be a, a bit of a hum off it, but if you're by the panels themselves, you, you wouldn't know that they're there, really, from a noise point of view. I suppose really in terms of um, sight, in terms of what uh, what you might see, look, location is key. Um, it's very unlikely that you're going to find a site that um, no house will be able to see it. Uh, but that's 
I suppose that that's why a lot of these older developers are targeting the the, the larger kind of flatter parts of the country, and um, because obviously the, the lower it is, um, the less likely it is. Or sorry, the flatter it is, the less likely um, it is that this will be seen. And these these panels will only stand about maybe you know one and a half uh, meters high or so, like so. The flatter the ground, the, the less likely that um, anyone will be able to see it from you know over the hedge or so. Um, and that was one of the concerns, I suppose, um, from. Uh, from the concern group um, who, who did appeal the council's decision to onboard Panala. Um, uh, however, onboard Panala subsequently agreed with the council um, and, and their appeal failed. And that's whenever they, they sought to go a, a step further uh, for a judicial review um, through the High Court uh, and even head further to the European Court of Justice. But um, yeah, look, it was, it was all thrown out. Um, so it was there. There wasn't the basis to proceed with it. So um, it looks like the solar farm is, is going to go ahead. Yeah, and at, uh, what are we talking, 76, 80 hectares or just over 86 hectares, you're talking over 200 acres of solar. So we are really getting into a space now where this is real, this is going to be happening, we're going to see these now throughout the country and they, like, once they go in, they're going to stay there. We're talking, what, 20, 25, 30 years, I suppose, lifespan of these? Yes, yeah, that's exactly it, and and you're right. So roughly the, the government would have a target of around about 25,000 acres worth of solar farms to be developed by uh, 2030. And many in the trade, will they actually believe that we'll, we'll meet that a lot sooner. Um, and this is all underpinned by a number of uh, government schemes that are out there um, that have actually been in operation since 2020. So this, this didn't start uh, today or yesterday. This has been... Uh, ongoing for the past number of years, um, and we actually have uh, off the top of my off the top of my, my memory, MJ, it's around about ten thousand worth of uh, acres worth of panels, which were which are funded, which have planning permission, wow. and are kind of ready to go. So um, you will see these popping up around the country um, an awful lot more, um, and you you can see them when you're on certain parts of the road already. But it's really just the start of it, MJ. We are hearing figures then, Stephen, that a thousand euro per acre is available if you lease your land to these solar companies. Now, I'm going to say to all the listeners, terms and conditions apply. You're going to have to go and get legal advice. You're going to have to go and get professional advice and and whatnot on all of this. But just on a broad spectrum, uh, Stephen, we're hearing this figure. Is that figure accurate? Yes, yes, that is the figure. So it is for sure. In fact, that's on the on the lower end of it, so that's the minimum that you would uh, expect um, to to get from a, a long term lease with a solar farm developer. But I would have heard figures of of twelve, thirteen, fourteen hundred um, from from certain farmers. But you're you're hundred percent right. And uh, Stephen, to hear uh, you know hearing these figures, and we hear about the large num figures paid for lots of things. But our our farmers getting this transferred into their bank account. Is this hard and fast cash? Is it available? Is it really available? Like, Hard and fast, hard and fast cash. Yes, so it is. Um, once the solar farm is is developed, but that's whenever we, we talk about the, the T's and C's. So typically, a, a farmer who would be our landowner who'd be approached by a solar farm company would would have to sign an options agreement, um, and the options agreement pretty much would 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 allow that developer to go off and secure a plan of permission, um, and then go off and, and secure finance, etc., and build it. So look, you're lot, you're chatting about a long lead-in time. Um, from the point where you're approached by a developer and to the point where you actually receive any rent, you could be chatting four years or so. Now, there will still likely be some kind of an annual payment for the land because you're perfectly free to go off and farm it. But I suppose the big money normally wouldn't kick in until you know the solar far- until the planning is secured, until the fi- finance is secured, and until the, the solar farm is being constructed. But no, that's all, it's all real. It's happening um, as we speak.
Uh, grid connection was always a big one, Stephen, in relation to uh, different types of, of energy uh, projects on farms. And presumably it's the same with these large solar farms. Do you need to be close to, um, uh, do you need to, be close to a certain substation? How, how's that working out for people? Yeah, no, you're, you're bang on. So it's no different to um, a, a development like a solar farm. You have to be close to um, a, a suitable connection or a suitable substation or um, within, I suppose, reasonable, feasible distance, you know, to pull out a cable um, and connect to a certain substation. So that's why, you know, there would be certain um, hotspots maybe around the country is, is the way to describe it for solar farms. Um, and once you combine that with the other character or with the other criteria needed for a solar farm, that being, you know, kind of good Roman, maybe flat ground, um, somewhere obviously that, that gets the sun or has a, has a good climate, so it wouldn't be much good to us up here in Donegal. Um, you can really begin to kind of fine-tune areas where solar farms, um, solar farm developments would work, and that's why farmers are, are being approached by developers as we speak um, to, to lock into an options agreement. Very good. And Stephen, before I let you go, then bringing it down, uh, breaking it down a little bit or making it on a little bit smaller scale, the um, the solar scheme under the TAMS funding, we've 60% uh, grant aid available on panels for shades. What's the uptake like on it, Stephen? It looks very attractive at the moment, 60% plus your VAT back and you have a tax rebate on it. Are farmers taking up the offer of this? Yeah, yeah, they, they are. They are. Now, I suppose the... the Solar Capital Investment Scheme, which is the, the, the solar branch of TAMS 3. Um, it's not that long open, so we're just seeing the, the first of the, the applications trickling through. Um, but certainly there is massive interest um, in rooftop solar PV in particular, uh, funded through TAMS. Um, and to be honest, MJ, there's, there's never been a better time for it uh, to start looking into it uh, as right now. Um, a 60% grant uh, eight, 60% grant aid on a solar PV system. No other industry in Ireland has that level of grant aid uh, for a renewable system in general, never mind a solar PV system. And if your farm house is on your farm, is on the same meter, well, then that solar PV system can also um, be sized to match the demand of your house. So it's an incredible opportunity for farmers that, that no one else has. So I think this really is going to be the year of solar PV for farmers. Yeah, it's win-win. The last question, Stephen, it's one that came up. Two people mentioned me this weekend was talking about solar PV to them. And they said, what about when you go over? So my understanding of it is, let's say you used 10,000 kilowatts last year just to just to, to round it up. And that's fine. You'll get grant aid on, six, on your, on your 10,000 kilowatts and half of that is battery storage. And that's fine. But if you go over that next year and you use... Um, you generate 11,000 that extra 1,000 are you allowed to sell that to the grid if you got the TAMS grant on it or is it still a grey area well look you, you can sell it to the grid um, no one to physically stop you from exporting electricity to the grid you would have to have a certain type of um, grid connection and I've never seen one of them on a farm before to only permit one way flow of electricity so so yes if you have surplus electricity even from TAMS funded panels which you know, you're not supposed to be uh, funding a system to export to the, to the grid, you're still going to be able to export it. It's only going to be small amounts. It's only going to be minuscule amounts. You're not going to get paid much money. You're not going to be retiring on it, mm. but you are allowed to do it, and it, it, it can be done. But now where the department gets you is um, uh, is whenever you're sizing the, 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 the type and size of uh, solar PV panels which you're putting on your farm. So you'll have to submit a solar PV survey um, along with your TAMS application, uh, which shows your electricity consumption on your farm over the past 12 months. 
pretty much to prove that the, the solar PV system, which you're getting a 60% grant on, that, that output matches your, your actual demand. So you're not really going to have that much excess electricity to export to the grid anyway uh, from the TAN system. But there's nothing stopping any farmer from installing a rooftop uh, PV, solar PV system and exporting it to the grid. The problem is you're going to look at a, a fairly long payback period because it's just not that profitable to do it. Yeah, absolutely, Stephen. I suppose the Department of Government says there as well, they've said, listen, we're basing it on your consumption, so we're kind of covered, you're covered, and that's the way they're going to do it going forward. Uh, Stephen, look, great round up there, I have to say, and this is going to be an area we're going to be talking about lots and lots going forward. We'll say many thanks for joining me this evening on the programme. No problem, MJ, thank you. Uh, Stephen Robb there from the Irish Farmers Journal, and I, I agree with Stephen there. I just think the solar capital investment scheme at the moment, the 60% grant on it, the uh, the VAT back and then you have your tax rebate as well you just you cannot beat this as a deal it's as good as what's out there uh, we're allowed our farmhouses as well on it if you're on the same connection so if you happen to be on the same connection your your farmyard and your farmhouse then this is just an absolute no-brainer uh, and it is a growth area and we're going to be talking about solar and renewables and all that for years and years to come so now is the time to crack on with it coming up after the break we're going to be talking about the new suckler scheme the SCEP the Suckler Cow Efficiency Programme. We have an open day tomorrow here in County Offaly on the farm of former IFA Chairman John Keena. Stay on the line, uh, or stay on the line, stay tuned I should say, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment. Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tullamore. Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. Worshaw.ie and you're very welcome back to Country Life here on Midlands 103. Now, for the last few minutes of the programme, we're moving on to Suckler Cows and the Suckler Cow Efficiency Programme, the new Suckler Scheme just been launched. And we have uh, about another month or five weeks to join it. But there's lots of questions to be answered in advance of it. And some of those questions are going to be answered tomorrow on the farm of John Keena. Uh, John, many thanks for taking my call this evening. Uh, thanks very much, MJ. Uh, you're more than welcome, John. Look, lots of our listeners are well familiar with you, John. You've been on the programme with me many times uh, as yep. your time as chair of Offaly IFA, but your different hat on tomorrow, your suckler farmer hat is on tomorrow, and you're talking right. about this new scheme. Uh, can we just talk about your suckler enterprise for a second, John? What exactly are you doing there? How are you breeding and what, you, what way are you calving down? Yes, MJ. I'm, I suppose, look, what I'm at, at the present point in time, I'm calving down around 80 cows every year. Uh, spring and uh, summer, late summer, I suppose. Uh, used to be early autumn, but I'm going back to summer, I suppose, to, to beat mastitis number one. And uh, I suppose bulling on slats, try to have everything bulled before I come in. Mainly, I suppose, spring spring calving with um, a combination of a Charlie bull and a limousine bull. And are you bringing those through to beef, Johnny? Selling them as stores? What way do you work? No, I'm selling them as stores. I'm keeping I'm keeping some of them uh, for replacements. I always found that. Uh, it was very hard source replacements, and uh, I found the ones that I was breeding myself always turned out uh, better. So I, I do keep uh, ten to twelve or fifteen every year for for replacements, and the rest I sell as uh, yearlings. Well, coming coming year old, or or so the the. Um, or some of them would be sold at uh, maybe eight to nine months, you know, after mm. after the, 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 the before the winter, should I say? You're you're of a you're of a dying breed, John. There's not too many suckler farmers with that number <laughs> of cows anymore. Eighty. You're kind of talking. Anytime I talk to a suckler farmer now, you're talking kind of twenty, twenty-five, maybe thirty max. Uh, obviously, look, you're in a system now. You're you're kind of look. You're not going to change it, but uh, it's it's a big number of cows. It's a lot of work. Well, it is. It is absolutely. It's an awful lot of work, um, and it's a lot of work when you're calving down. And I'll tell you the sort of weather we're after after having for for the last uh, 
number of, of weeks, I'll tell you, it's, it's absolutely horrendous at mm. the moment. And uh, to try, whether you're calving in sheds, try to get them out or calving outside, it's, it's just it's absolutely no, unbelievable. It's, it's, yeah, no. absolutely. T- tough work, no question about it. Now, oh, this, work, th- yeah. this, this new scheme, uh, John, look, there's loads of particulars and that's all going to be gone through tomorrow. But from an overview yeah. of it, uh, John, you're just looking at it and looking at the, the terms and conditions and whatnot. Are you reasonably happy with it? You're going to go into it, I presume? I am going to go into it, and I suppose no more than talking to an awful lot of my age, I've gone over 60 years of age at this time, this stage, and there's a lot of people that I've been talking to as, as my own age or older, and they're sceptical about or wondering where, whether to go into it or not. But I suppose this is this scheme, possibly with the 20% reduction each year, uh, you know, people are, are looking at it that they'll maybe at, at whatever age they'll, they'll get out with sucklers in a number of years' time, not get out with them in a, in a, in a bang all of, of one year, so to speak, you know. Yeah, I suppose the one thing we have to say, John, in relation to the, the Minister for Agriculture, like this, this is a reasonable scheme. There's going to be another weigh-in scheme on top of it. He is doing his best for the suckler farmer like credit where credit is due look I often give out about all the different things the department are doing but this, this is a decent scheme there's a decent few pound it there's going to be a weigh-in scheme on top of it he's looking after the suckler farmer as opposed to trying to chase him out of agriculture yeah, look, it, 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 it's, it's definitely uh, it, it, it's um, a scheme that has to be welcomed um, because I, I think, as, as you said earlier on, uh, suckler farmers is a dying breed. Um, you know, the, the whole buzzword was dairy for a long number of years there. But I still think in, 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 in my situation and in a lot of parts of the country, there's certainly, um, you know, an opportunity there for, for suckler farmers to produce good stock. And I suppose talking to suckler farmers that would have got out of stock, you know, got out of sucklers over the years to try to go back into the marketplace to replace what they were buying, what they were producing themselves is nearly next to impossible. And then if you go down the the dairy breed route, look at your your you're talking about a different animal when you're when you you might have small money when you're coming in, but God, you have small money going out at the other end as well. But look at there is a place for them all, you know. A uh, very good point though, John. If you do get out of the the suckler cow and you try and buy back in, you know, fancy stores like you're you're talking crazy monopoly money. Like it's cr- it's impossible to nearly do it. Like. It is, it is absolutely, yeah. No question is all about it. But the sort of money that's there at the moment is needed because of of our high costs over over the last. Uh, you know, year, year or so, like, and, and keeping keeping the suckler cow and and uh, look at the, the, all them schemes are welcome. I suppose at the start, people will look at the schemes like any scheme. They say they won't go into it, but I think when you look at your bottom line every year when your when your payments come out from the department, it always shows them all them small little bits add up. Yeah, they um, add up. But, and, I, and but that- I suppose I, I suppose just 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 uh, you know, it's important that it it does deliver in exactly what it says. There is a few different things that has to, I suppose will be you know it's like any new scheme starting up uh, there will be there will be uh, little bits of teething problems here, here and there and, and hopefully you know the, the ministers down through the years has always seen seen fit to adjust them when, 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 when problems did arise that you know they weren't just flagged at the very start yeah, no, absolutely. And, and the, the yeah they, though, need, you know. they need to be fit for purpose John I'm just out of time I'm going to give details of it now and I'm just going to say many thanks for joining me I'm sure you'll have a big turnout in the morning hopefully the weather is good fit 
yeah, yeah. Hopefully it's better than today, anyway. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> Thanks. Look at, look at, look at, yeah, we're on. We're, we're off the the, the Fabah and Belmont Road. Uh, it'll be signposted, and and uh, be plenty of parking, and every, everyone is welcome. There's no no need to sign in or anything like that. Everyone is welcome. Many thanks. Okay, John, I'm just going to let you on Keena go there. And if you are coming from further afield and you're not 100 percent sure of the directions there, if you pop John Keena and ICBF into Google, uh, that's K E E N A. Uh, ICBF the air code will pop up but as John said uh, get to Belmont put Belmont into your uh, sat nav and it's uh, between on the Forban Belmont road but John Keane at ICBF and all the questions will be answered tomorrow there's an awful lot of details on that suckler scheme I've gone through it once I'll go through it again before the closing date but you're going to need to familiarise yourself with it as well and see if it suits you now thanks to everyone this evening thanks to John Keane there Stephen Robb from the Farmers Journal Owen Lowry from Bank of Ireland and back at the start of the programme I had Pierce Hart uh, there's an organic farm walk on his farm in Rathdowney tomorrow and Stephen Arthur from the IFA. The show is repeated on Sunday morning at 7am until 8am. I'll be back with you this time next week as always. Uh, you can get us wherever you get your podcasts. If you type in MJ space Cleary, C-L-E-R-Y will pop up and you can listen at, at your leisure and I'll talk to you in a week's time. Good night and God bless. Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tullamore. Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. W. Orshaw.ie.